You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We got your picks in college and pro football. We'll go over everything, the records, all that stuff. And I've got a few notes on the World Series as well. Some last few notes to go over just this incredible, incredible victory by the Texas Rangers. And I give uh, one last thought on it being here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that I think is really cool. So we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's get started. And let's first off start in the college football ranks. You know that uh, right now in college football, 42 and 35 and 4. That's 55%. But our best play in college every week, I've given you one best bet every week in college through the first nine weeks of the season, and we are 7 1 and 1 on these so far through the first nine weeks. You'll see this week in my picks for probably nine weeks, you know me. If you don't know by now, I'm an underdog better. I like betting underdogs. I said this at the very beginning, whether it's college or pro, I like betting underdogs because I know this seems very remedial, but when you bet a game, either you bet the favorite or you bet the underdog. However, you have two ways to win if you bet the underdog and only one way to win if you bet the favorite. If you bet the underdog, the underdog can win outright and the points you're getting don't matter. The underdog can lose the game, but you still win your bet because they stay within the number. Or if you bet the favorite, there's only one way to win. They have to win the game and they have to cover. So that's what I always say about betting underdogs. It's just not that underdogs overall win more than favorites because they don't. It's usually pretty even. But if you ask me and you ask me to force a play on a game, I'll always usually take the underdog. This week, I've got a lot of favorites, college and pro, but a lot of short favorites. So here we go. Best bet, college football, 7-1-1 one, one on the season. I'm going to go with Iowa State. The Cyclones at home, minus 2.5 against Kansas. There's a couple reasons for this. Number one, Kansas beat Iowa State last year, 14-11. to 11. That ended a seven-game winning streak from Iowa State over Kansas. I like the fact that they've got some sort of revenge on their mind. Number two, I like the fact that Kansas is coming off literally the biggest win in franchise history, program history. They beat the number, what, five team in the nation last week at home to Oklahoma. Can they go back out on the road and play well? And I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get blown out, but it's very tough to win a game like that as an underdog and then come back and win as an underdog the next week. I just, I just think there's a letdown spot here for Kansas. And the other thing is, in case you haven't been paying attention, Iowa State is 4-1 and one in the Big 12. Like, they didn't start out great at all. I mean, this is a, this is a program that they're 5-3 and three overall, but they started 1-2. and two. But they are 4-1 and one in their last four games. Their loss was a complete blowout at Iowa State. But in conference, they've beaten Oklahoma State at home, minus 3.5. They won by 7. They won at TCU, getting 6.5. They won by two touchdowns. They won at Cincinnati, getting 5. They won by 20. And then last week, at Baylor, laying 3, they won by 12. So 
this is a team that still has a chance to get to the Big 12 championship. They've got Kansas at home with revenge under a field goal. Got to go with the Cyclones here. So give me Cyhawk minus two and a half at home against Kansas. The other picks that I have in college this week, 16, 16, and two. Been right around 500 on these other picks. And two of these are short favorites again. I'm going to take Alabama minus three against LSU. Does LSU have the better offense? Absolutely. Does Bama have the better defense? Absolutely. I think Bama at home on a short number, laying only three, I'm just going to take the better defense. I have a feeling this game could land right on three and we end up pushing this one. But remember, LSU beat Bama last year in LSU. Is Brian Kelly going to beat Nick Saban two years in a row? Has anybody ever beaten Nick Saban in consecutive years? I don't think so. So I've got Bama at home at a field goal. I, it, this is kind of a situational play. I mean, look, Bama's also 7-1. and one. It's not like I'm betting a Bama team that's 3-4. and four. They're also 7-1. and one. They haven't lost since that Texas game in Week 2. And Jalen Milrow wasn't the quarterback back then that he is now. I think he's definitely improved. He's not a great quarterback. LSU definitely has the quarterback advantage in this particular situation. I mean, Jaden Daniels is way better than Jalen Milrow. I just think we've seen LSU games this year. We've seen how badly their defense is and how bad their defense is and how many points they give up. I mean, you just look at it. The last three games, you gave up 34 to Arkansas. You gave up 55 to Ole Miss. You gave up 39 to Missouri. Yeah, you gave up 18 to Auburn and you shut out Army, but those aren't offensive juggernauts. Uh, LSU just does not have a good defense. I also need Alabama to win, which guarantees me winning my LSU under nine and a half wins this year. Because if they go to, you know, six and three, then the most wins they can have is nine. If they don't, I'm probably losing my totals bet because I don't see LSU losing the rest of the year. But give me Bama minus three. I'm also going to take Nebraska minus three at Michigan State. Two reasons. One, Nebraska's better than Michigan State. And two, Michigan State's horseshit this year. You realize they're two and six, and their only two wins have come against Central Michigan and Richmond. Those were the first two games of the season. They've lost six in a row. Look at the final scores of these six games. 41-7, Every single game they've lost since the two wins to start off the season, they've lost by more than three points. So um, I just don't think they're very good. Nebraska is actually still in the running to possibly go to the Big Ten championship game because while they did start off with two losses in a row – They've won one, two, three, four. They've won five of the last six. They're five and three on the season. They're beating Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech. They lost at Michigan, got killed at Michigan, but then they won at Illinois. They won at Northwestern, and they won against Purdue. So, I mean, this is a Nebraska team that can still get to the Big Ten championship game. They have something to play for, and their next win, they're bowl eligible, which is huge in Matt Rule's first year. So give me Nebraska on a short number, minus three at Michigan State. And then I'm going to go against the Pittsburgh Panthers again because of what I said on Monday or Tuesday of earlier this week. Those Panther players have quit on Pat Narduzzi after he basically threw them under the bus 
after they got blasted by Notre Dame 58-7. So give me Florida State, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best offensive teams in the country against a team that I believe has quit and has nothing to, and they definitely have nothing to play for. They're not going to make a bowl game and FSU rolling in there. I mean, maybe the only thing, if the weather's bad in Pittsburgh, maybe you want to check that. But I still think Florida State can beat them by three touchdowns. So Florida State minus the 21 against Pittsburgh. I only have two underdogs this week in college football. So I usually give you three. I only have two this week. And one of them is not a six-point or more underdog. It's going to be Kansas State getting the four-and-a-half at Texas. And I like this because while Texas has beaten Kansas State six years in a row, six of the last seven matchups, excuse me, five of the last six matchups uh, in those six wins by Texas have been by a touchdown or less. So Kansas State has always played them close. If Quinn Ewers was quarterback in this game, number one, the line would be higher. And number two, I would probably stay away from it. I just don't believe in Malik Murphy at all. I didn't think he was very good last week against BYU. Kansas State is playing their best ball of the season. They've got a two-quarterback, two-headed quarterback that if even, you know, their starter goes out, if Howard, the starter, goes out, um, they have a capable backup who came into a game early this year and produced five touchdowns. So I think this is a nip-and-tuck game. I'll take the four-and-a-half points on the road with the Wildcats. So give me Kansas State plus the four-and-a-half and and plus 180 on the money line. The only other dog play I have in college – is I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I told you I was going to start betting against Oklahoma as I thought they were a fraud when they started the season 6-0. and I did not think they were as good as their record said they were. They lost on the road at Kansas last week. Now they got to play in Bedlam, which is literally the last game in this rivalry. You don't think Oklahoma State is fired up for this? Oklahoma State also has the best running back in the nation in Ollie Gordon. He's rushed for over 550 yards in just the last two games. Oklahoma State is covered six of their last seven as a Big 12 home underdog and have actually pulled the outright upset eight of the last ten times they were a home underdog. So this is a situational play as well as a rivalry game getting points at home. I got to do it. Give me the cowpokes getting six at home against the Sooner Schooner Show. And then uh, for the three-team ten-point tees in college, uh, we're going to use three teams that I've already chosen and just inflate our lines for us. Let's bump up Kansas State to 14.5 because I think that line, that game is going to be close either way. Um, I don't see anyone winning that game by 15 points or more. Give us Oklahoma State at home. Bump that up to 16 points. And I'll take Bama at home uh, minus, plus the 7. So minus 3, 10-point tees, get it to plus 7. So your three-team, 10-point tees in college where I'm 7-5 and five on the year. Kansas State plus 14.5. Oklahoma State plus 16. Bama plus seven. All right, let's get to your pro plays for the week. Week nine in the NFL. I'm 27, 19, and three. That's 59%. So 56 in college, 59 in pro. Not too shabby. So 69, 54, and seven, if you want to add them both up on where I'm at this year, betting college football for free here on Fridays with you guys. I haven't been great on my NFL best bets. Two, four, and one. Clearly, that's the only thing I'm, well, I'm actually under 500 on my par three-team 10-point uh, teases as well. But two, four, and one on my pro best bets. We're going to go, I teased it earlier this week. I'm going to use them as my best bet. We're going to go with the Bengals at home, minus two, against the Bills. I just don't think the Bills are as good as 
I think they're living off their past history of the last two or three years. They have way too many injuries on defense. I love the way Cincinnati is playing now. As awful as that start was when they were getting blown out 27-3 at Tennessee, clearly they're past that. Whatever they did, they have fixed whatever was wrong with this team. Joe Burrow looks like the Joe Burrow we saw that led his team to the Super Bowl two years ago and led his team to the AFC Championship last year. I just think Cincinnati's rolling, and we're getting them under a field goal at home in a primetime spot against the Bills. As I mentioned yesterday, this is a rematch of the game that got canceled last year due to the the DeMar Hamlin situation. So they're finally going to play each other in Cincinnati. Last year it was on a Monday night game. This year it's the Sunday night game. I'm sure the DeMar Hamlin thing will be brought up. I just don't think Buffalo is very good right now. And we've seen Buffalo lose this year to worse teams than the Cincinnati Bengals, that's for sure. Remember, they lost to the Jets on opening night in New York, and then they've also lost to the Patriots. I mean, the Buffalo Bills have lost to the New England Patriots this year, 29-25, and they lost to the Jets. They've lost two conference games or divisional games, so keep that in mind. I just like Cincinnati in this one. So give me the Bengals minus the two. And let's, you know, remember that stat I gave you? We talked about it yesterday. Teams playing the San Francisco 49ers from the, uh, starting last year, the week after, they were, what, 1-17, and 0-18, whatever it was, up until three weeks ago when I gave you that stat. Now they're 3-0. and <laughs> Well, Cincinnati played San Francisco last week, so hopefully we can make it 4-0. And that stat has completely done a 180. The other picks that I have in pro football, only two of them. I only got two. Let's go with the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon against the Cowboys. I'm just taking the Eagles because they're at home and they're laying, uh, you know, only three. I don't think Dallas is ready. Um, I understand that, you know, you look at Dallas's games this year. They have three home games that they've won this year by 20 or more points. Sure, they look great. They also went on the road and lost by double digits to the Arizona Cardinals, and they went on the road and got blitzed by the San Francisco 49ers by 32 points. So this is a divisional game. I think these two teams split when they play each other this year. I think Philly wins at home, and I think Dallas will win at home when they play them later on in the season. If Dallas happens to win this game, you can bet I'll be on Philly, and I think they'll just rotate wins in each other's field. But I think this is a home series between these two. Philly is great at home. Jalen Hurts still has only lost two games as an NFL starter since the beginning of last year. He's a ridiculous, like, 26-2 and two now uh, as a starter in the regular season. And now he's laying a field goal at home against a team that has a penchant for losing big on the road. I, I got to take Philly here. I just I don't believe in the Cowboys on the road just yet. And the other one is uh, I'm going to take Cleveland minus seven, uh, buy it down from seven and a half. So Cleveland minus seven at home. And I just this is this is the fact there's a couple factors in play here for me, at least Cleveland coming off a loss against um, Seattle last week. And I I just (laughs) how can you not bet against the Arizona Cardinals? Now, I will tell you to look out for this. It's probably not going to happen this week. I think they're looking to start him next week. I think Kyler Murray is going to be back as the Cardinals starting quarterback next week. However, I would wait to bet this until Sunday to make sure Kyler is not starting because I would never bet Cleveland minus seven if Kyler Murray is starting for Arizona. 
Arizona's kept games close, and we were on them last week when they were getting nine at home. But they're going on the road against a team off a loss, and right now they don't have Josh Dobbs anymore. If they had Dobbs, I wouldn't even bet this game. They're starting a rookie who's never taken a snap in the NFL, Clayton Toon out of Houston. I just can't see Clayton Toon staying within a touchdown of this Cleveland defense that is pretty pissed off that they blew that game last week against Seattle. So give me Cleveland minus seven by the half point on that. But just be clear, if Kyler Murray happens to be a late start for the Cardinals, which I doubt he will be, but if he is, this will be a no play. Don't bet it. My underdog play in the pros, I'm going to go with Seattle plus the six against Baltimore. And this is just a numbers thing. I should have the exact numbers, but I don't. But basically, the rule of thumb is you bet against Lamar Jackson when he's a favorite, and you bet on him when he's a dog. He's like 24-4 and when he's an underdog, but his record isn't nearly as good as a favorite. And he's laying six at home against Seattle, who has a pretty good defense. I think this could be a field goal game. That seems to be a lot of points for Seattle. Seattle has already won on the road this year in Detroit, so I know that that's possible that they can play well on the road. So we'll take them plus the six on the road as a, as the underdog play of the week. And a three-team, ten-point teaser. Oh, by the way, I didn't even give you my records outside of this. These are these are the good ones in the pros. For my other picks outside of my best bet in the pros, I'm 16-7-2. So over, um, over 67% uh, there, almost at 70% on those picks. And my underdog pick is five and three uh, through eight weeks and plus 1.9 on the money line. The three-team 10-point teaser hasn't been great. I'm four and five on these, and we're going to use two games that I've already liked, and that's Cincinnati plus the eight, Cleveland plus two and a half on the tease, and let's go Kansas City-Miami over. Uh, I know that game's in Germany, 8.30 Central Time start Sunday morning, let's tease that total from 51 down to 41 and go over. I just think that's going to be more than 41 points scored in that game. That's why I want to go over. I just, uh, Miami seems to be, can put up 24 to 21 points in their sleep, no matter who they play. Uh, So I will take this game over 41. So your three team, 10 point teaser in the pros, Cincinnati plus eight, Cleveland plus two and a half, Kansas City, Miami over 41. And you know what? I totally forgot to add this in there. I got to take Kansas City. Uh, throw this in as another one of the plays uh, picks for this week. Kansas City minus one and a half against Miami. Miami has shown that against good teams, Buffalo got killed. Um, what was the other one where they where they lost big when they played somebody good? Oh, Philly lost by two touchdowns to Philly. I know this game is in Germany, so it's technically not a home field advantage for anybody. But Patrick Mahomes off a loss, laying less than a field goal. Kansas City, with clearly the better defense, got to take them. So let's add them to your picks for this week. Philly minus three, Cleveland minus seven, buying a half point, and Kansas City minus one and a half. So those are your picks. Best bet, Cincinnati minus two. Your underdog play, Seattle plus six. And your three-team 10-point teaser, Cincinnati plus eight, Cleveland plus two and a half, Kansas City, Miami over 41. Some final thoughts on the World Series. Um, yesterday I talked about the fact that Nate Evaldi tied the record for most wins in a postseason with five. He tied it with Randy Johnson, Steven Strasburg, and Francisco Rodriguez of the Angels. However, Randy Johnson, Steven Strasburg, and Francisco Rodriguez, at least one of their wins came in relief. So Nate Evaldi is the only starting pitcher, pitcher to have five postseason wins all as a starter. So 
They're in the record books for that. You know who else is in the record books? Reliever Will Smith for the Texas Rangers. Why? Do you realize he has won three straight World Series titles with three different teams? He won it with the Braves in 2021. He was on the Astros last year, and he's on the Rangers this year. How incredible is that? Will Smith has three World Series rings with three different teams. Here's one that is totally nerdy. And you're just going to be like, Steve, what does this even mean? Well, it pretty much means nothing. I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. So as we know, the Texas Rangers went 11-0 on the road in the playoffs, right? How do you spell road? (laughs) Come on. How do you spell road? R-O-A-D. Look at the four teams that the Texas Rangers beat on their way to the World Series title. The Tampa Bay Rays are the Houston Astro, or the Baltimore Orioles, O, the Houston Astros, A, and the Arizona Diamondbacks, D, R, O, A, D. (laughs) Means absolutely nothing, but it is a good footnote uh, on this just crazy-ass journey the Texas Rangers took us through. And uh, I'll say this, um, being here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I am not a native. I did not grow up out here. I do not have an affinity to the Dallas teams. I am a season ticket holder for the Mavericks. I cheer for them. I'd like them to do well, but I'm realistic about them. You know, they've won one playoff series since they won their NBA title in 2011. That's not very good. The Texas Rangers hadn't won dick in 63 years as a franchise. They just won a title. We already know how I feel about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they are horrible and haven't done shit since the 95-96 season. When they last won their Super Bowl, they've won five playoff games total in 28 years. So what I what I can say, though, is this. Seeing lifelong suffering fans get emotional is a pretty cool thing. And I didn't realize that until I started watching some clips last night on television listening to some people I used to work with in radio get choked up on the air, talking about the fact that the Rangers won the World Series, talking about the fact they used to go to old Arlington Stadium in the 80s to watch games and sit on the hot bleachers that were literally metal and, and, you know, followed a team that they stuck by them through and through, even though they were garbage pretty much every year and your season was essentially over in June They had to live through what happened in 2011, or was it 2012, with the whole David Freeze, Nelson Cruz incident and Game 6 where they were one out away twice from winning the World Series and they couldn't close it out. And then to have them win their title the way they did this year and listen to these people's stories, I think it's really cool. And I'm glad I'm a part of it. I'm not sitting here saying I'm jumping on the bandwagon at all because I'm not. But it's just really cool to hear and and even see um, some of the emotion that was brought to uh, a lot of adults' faces uh, when the Rangers won this thing the other night because, you know, like I said, worked with some of these people in the past and just long-suffering fans that never thought they'd see this day. And really cool. They're all going to celebrate it today as the parade is going on downtown. The Arlington School District has canceled school for today so people could get out and go to the parade I just think it's really cool. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think one of the things is, as I watched a lot of Ranger baseball in the second half of the season, these guys are just likable. They don't have a bunch of assholes on the team, and you could just tell they actually like each other. Really a bunch of likable guys. They're not the most excitable guys in the world outside of Adolis Garcia, and they just win. And uh, the resolve that they showed after fumbling away the AOS title in the last week of the season, last day of the season, they easily could have folded, and they went the opposite route and won a World Series title the first time in 63 years. So congratulations to everyone in that organization. Congratulations to everybody who's been a long-suffering Rangers fan. You finally got your title, and I'm happy for you. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about the picks this weekend. I feel good, uh, uh, really good about these picks. A lot of short favorites. I I mean, essentially, when you bet a team minus 2.5 at home, minus 3 at home, very rarely do they win the game and win by one or two. You know, Does it happen on occasion? Sure. But it just looks like we just need Iowa State, Bama, Nebraska. Just win the game, and they're probably going to cover. But... You know, we never know. We'll see what happens at the end of this week, and we'll go over all of it on Monday. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.